Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. During this time, we're actually going to be not gathering together and we are doing our gatherings online. So this podcast is from our very first time of doing that. And it might sound a little different, might feel a little different, but I encourage you just to engage uh, with these questions. We have them in the show notes for you. We have some questions to consider in this time based on scripture. So please interact uh, on our Facebook page with us every time we do a live stream going forward. But as you listen to this podcast, go ahead and uh, journal with the Holy Spirit, interact and engage with us online. Bless you guys. In this time, we are virtually together and spiritually one. This is going to be an interactive time. In just a little bit, we're going to have a time for you to interact with the Lord and with one another as a family unit, or if you're just by yourself watching the live stream in the comments with other people, we're going to have an interactive activation time in just a minute. Because I was asking the Lord, you know, what what to say, what to do on this Resurrection Sunday. There's a, you know, obvious obviously we're going to talk about the resurrection obviously we're going to talk about king jesus obviously we're going to declare he is risen go ahead in the comments say he is risen he is alive nothing can stop his everlasting life resurrection life is more powerful than death because it stands up again after death has occurred come on resurrection life is an unbeatable life and we praise the resurrected one we worship the resurrected king we don't worship a dead god we worship a living Christ seated at the right hand of the Father. So thankful, so thankful. And I was asking the Lord what specifically to share with our beautiful team, our beautiful church, our beautiful uh, just uh, Facebook audience. What is it that uh, I should say today? Because I don't, I don't want to just preach a canned, you know, seasonal message. I want to, I want to say what the Father is saying, so that we can do what the Father is doing. Wow. And so today, I, I, this week, I asked the Lord, and he said to me, my people, <laughs> he said, my people need a resurrection awareness. In a time where we're hyper aware of everything, you know, around the world, we need to increase our resurrection awareness. We need to increase our awareness of God's presence. We're all on our phones probably right now, you know. <laughs> All, all the time watching some video made by somebody 100 miles away, you know. Someone could have a viral moment in France this morning and we could all see it by this afternoon. I mean, we are hyper aware. We're aware in real time of things greatly affecting the world. We're aware of numbers of deaths around the world. We're aware of numbers of those infected with illness around the world. Never before in the history of the earth have we ever been more aware of what's happening because we're so connected virtually we have an awareness overload i think actually an awareness overload especially when it comes to bad news something bad happens everybody knows about it because we have these these tools they're beautiful we don't hate them but we have an over awareness of bad news so today i want to give you some good news i want to put your heart and mind in a certain posture and it might sound simple to your hearing but it is not simple it might sound like old news but it's actually good news good news is never old news here it is god is always with you god is always with you 
We are always in the presence of God. But let me ask you something. How often are you aware of the presence of God? Throughout your day, cumulatively, if you put it on a, on a piece of paper, yeah, for these three hours I was aware of God's presence. These 21 I wasn't. We're always in the presence of God. But how often are we aware of His presence? We need a resurrection awareness. And we can have it because He's alive. Because of what we celebrate today. This is not simple. This is, this is totally, this is pivotal. It's pivotal that you're aware of the presence of God when you're under stress. It's pivotal that you're aware of the presence of God when you're tempted to sin. It's pivotal that you're, you understand that even if you do sin, Jesus doesn't leave the room. There's nothing you can do to make him leave the room. He's with you always. And he doesn't have judgment in his eyes. He has comfort. He has love. Because he is alive, we know. We know some things. This is all throughout scripture. I'm going to just rapid fire for you some scriptures here. Because he is alive, we know. He is with us always, even unto the end of the age. Matthew 28, verse 20. He will never leave us or forsake us. Hebrews 13, 5. We are his dwelling place, his temple on the earth. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. We are seated with him in heavenly places at the right hand of God. Right now, Ephesians 2, 6. We are one with him in his glory and already have been glorified together with him. John 17, 22 and Romans 8, 30. Because he is alive, we are never alone. Because he is alive, we are never alone. You may be feeling lonely in this time, but you are never alone. It's okay to feel lonely. It's not okay to believe you're alone. Listen to me. It's okay to have feelings of loneliness. It's not okay to believe you are alone because that's a lie. What we need is a resurrection awareness. (laughs) We need a constant awareness of his presence. How would that change your life? If every day you knew he was with you. Like we know. Yeah, I know. You're like, oh yeah, Caleb, I know. He's always with me. I know. But what would you do differently if you like picture Jesus in the room? Like if you use, Paul said it this way. I pray that the eyes of your imagination, the eyes of your heart would be enlightened to know. What if the eyes of your imagination were constantly, constantly focused on his presence? That's what I believe the Lord wants to impart today. It's more than looking, it's perceiving. It's more than looking for God, it's seeing Him. There's, thing, there's looking and then there's seeing. And they're different things, I'll prove it to you. We're going to read the story about this resurrection morning out of John chapter 20. About Mary in the garden. We're going to read verses 1 through 16. This is the Passion Translation. We have it on the screens for you. It says, very early Sunday morning before sunrise, Mary Magdalene made her way to the tomb. And when she arrived, she discovered that the stone that sealed the entrance of the tomb was moved away. Say hallelujah. Come on. So she went running as fast as she could to go tell Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved. She told them, they've taken the Lord's body from the tomb and we don't know where he is. She's looking for him, but she's not perceiving the situation. She assumes somebody's stolen the Lord's body. She's active. She's the first one there. She's there on Sunday morning, right? All alone, looking for him, but not perceiving the correct situation. 
Then Peter and the other disciples jumped up and ran to the tomb to go see for themselves. They started out together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. It's one of my funny, the funniest parts of this story. John wrote this gospel, and he just had to mention that he got there before Peter, you know. But I can tell you why. I had a revelation about this. Peter was sure of his obedience. Peter was sure that he loved Jesus. John was sure that Jesus loved John. And love always outruns anything else. <laughs> Knowing your love will cause you to run faster than anything else. So love outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He didn't enter the tomb, but peeked in. This is John. And saw only the linen cloth lying there. Then Peter came behind him and went right into the tomb. Come on. Peter was not just peeking. He was going. <laughs> he too noticed the linen cloth lying there. But the burial cloth that had been on Jesus' head had been rolled up and placed separate from the other cloths. Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first went in. And after one look, he believed. Say, he believes. One look, he believed. Because he looked and then he saw. He looked and then he believed. He looked and then he perceived. There's looking and then there's seeing. For until then, they hadn't understood the scriptures that prophesied that he was destined to rise from the dead. But puzzled, Peter and the other disciples then left and went back to their homes. Mary arrived back at the tomb, broken and sobbing. She stooped to peer inside, and through her tears, she saw two angels in dazzling white robes sitting where Jesus' body had been laid, one at the head and one at the feet. Dear woman, why are you crying, they asked. Mary answered, they have taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they've laid him. Then she turned around to leave, and there was Jesus standing in front of her, but she didn't realize that it was him. Get this. Get this with me this morning. There was Jesus standing right in front of her, but she didn't realize it was him. Could Jesus be sitting right in front of you right now and you not realize that he's there? Is it possible? <laughs> he said to her, dear woman, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? Mary answered, thinking he was only the gardener. Sir, if you have taken his body somewhere else, tell me, and I will go and marry. Jesus interrupted her. Turning to face him, she said, Rabboni, which is Aramaic for my teacher. You, we, all of us, like Mary, may be desperately looking for God, but not seeing him. We might be looking for solutions in the face of illness, but not seeing any. We might be looking for comfort in the face of grief, but not seeing it. We might be looking for answers in the face of doubt, but not seeing them. You're not alone in that. <laughs> All we need is to perceive him. Not just look for him, but perceive him. Mary saw the two angels, but couldn't perceive the Lord. I'd just like to ask, how many times have we been looking for God? Have we seen God do things, but not in the way we're looking for it? Let me ask it another way. How many times have you seen God working around you in other people's lives, but not in your life the way you're expecting, and it bothers you? How many times have we seen God doing things, but not in the way we were looking for it? How many times has God been right in front of us, but we were unaware? 
We don't have this on the screens, but Genesis 28:16 is where Jacob awoke from his sleep after the encounter with the Lord, Jacob's ladder. And he said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. Could it be that the Lord is in your living room and you do not know it? Those watching who don't have a personal relationship with God, listen, what you believe about him doesn't dictate who he is or what he does. Could it be that he's standing right in front of you begging to give you life and you just not know it? We simply need to hear him call our name because awareness of his presence begin when we hear him tell us who we are. I'm going to say that again. Awareness of God's presence begins. True awareness begins when we hear him tell us who we are. When we hear the Lord call our name, we will see he is present. It's not just hearing him. It's hearing him call our name. Mary heard him say, who are you looking for? So, dear woman, why are you crying? Who are you looking? And she still didn't perceive it was him. It was only when he said her name that she realized it's the Lord. It's hearing him tell us who we are. A name is more than just a title. It's, especially biblically, it was who you were. It's hearing our identity from his lips. It's hearing what he thinks about us from the source himself. That's how we activate an awareness of God in our life. So that's what we're going to do right now. We're going we're gonna, we're gonna to activate an awareness of the presence of God. Hopefully I've proven to you scripturally that he's actually with you right now. Come on. <laughs> so here's what we're going to do. Before we put, We're going to put a screen up in just a minute, and we're going to give you some time. But before we do, let me explain what's going to happen. Everybody who's watching will need something to write on, so either another device or a tablet or a, um, a piece of paper, if you have any of those, you know, pen and paper things. <laughs> and here's what we're going to do. We're going to pick one person in the room. With, if it's just you by yourself, then that's, that's fine. If you're doing it alone, that's totally okay. Come on, you might feel lonely, but you're not alone, remember. We're going to pick one person to lead a simple prayer. You're going to lead that prayer out loud. And everyone's eyes are going to be closed, even the person leading it. Okay? You're going to pray this prayer. You're going to say, Lord Jesus. You're going to say it out loud. Lord Jesus, I know you're in this room. Who do you say I am? Just like Mary hearing her name, hearing her identity from the Lord, I believe we're going to perceive the Lord. I believe that eyes of our hearts are going to be enlightened. I believe that people are going to be aware of the presence of God that never have been before. I believe that the presence of God is going to fill living rooms in a tangible way because of this. So after that person leads in the prayer, everyone's going to take a moment to be still and to be quiet and to write down what he says. I believe every single one of you are going to hear at least one word or a brief sentence. Come on, if you don't have faith for this, borrow mine. I give you mine. You, I have faith that every single person who quiets their hearts will hear the Lord. And then after that, you're going to share with each other or in the comments what you heard him say. So again, everyone needs something to write on. You're going to pick one person. They're going to lead this prayer. Everyone's eyes are going to be closed. And that one person, when they feel ready, is going to say, Lord Jesus, I know you're in this room. Who do you say I am? And then everyone's going to listen and write down exactly what he says. Okay, we're going to put the instructions up right now. And we want you to take a moment to do that. We're going to give you three to five minutes right now. So go ahead. Bless you.
just watching in the comments, some of you placing what you heard the Lord say. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Prosperous. I'm just going to read some of them. Treasured, called, chosen, precious daughter, beautiful, lover of my soul, my sweet worshiper, bright, beautiful, shining star, peacemaker, whoa, my voice, prized possession, my wonder child. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, if you uh, just, you need more time with that or whatever, that's fine. Just, I don't care. Log off. The most important thing you do is encounter Jesus right now. (laughs) That's why we gather. So you can do that at any time. It's a very simple activation. You're feeling like you don't have an awareness of his presence. You can just slow down and say, Lord Jesus, I know you're in this room. Who do you say I am? And I promise you, he will speak. I promise he's not going to ignore that prayer. Come on. So just as we close here, I need to just tell you that when we encounter him, we are always sent. It's never just for us. It's never just for us that we encounter the Lord. We are encountering him to be sent. I'm going to continue reading on the story because this is what happens next. John chapter 20, verse 17 through 18. It says, Jesus cautioned her, Mary, don't hold on to me now, for I have not, I haven't yet ascended to God, my father. And I just want to pause here for a minute and let you know, he he is not saying don't touch me because it's wrong to touch me. He's saying, don't stay here and cling to me. He's saying, you need to go. Many have taught that this is Jesus saying Mary is, you know, unclean in some way and thing like that. That is complete, just awful. No. That is not what's going on. If you actually pay attention, he says, don't hold on to me now for I haven't yet ascended to God, my father. And he's not only my father and my God. Now he's your father and your God. Now go to my brothers and tell them what I've told you. He's saying, don't stay here and cling. It's time to be sent because she's, she's truly had an encounter with him. She's truly seen him. You never see him just for yourself. You never encounter the Lord just for you. You always encounter him in order to be sent. He says, go tell my brothers and tell them what I've told you, that I'm ascending to my father and your father and to my God and your God. Then Mary Magdalene left to inform the disciples of her encounter with Jesus. He's saying, I'm going to sit enthroned and I'm going to send the Holy Spirit a few days from now so that you... Will never, you will always have my spirit. You will always have my presence. You need to send this message to the, to the disciples. Their father, their God. Now, our father, our God. So Mary Magdalene left to inform the disciples of her encounter with Jesus. Here's my question. Have you ever left to inform someone else of your encounter with Jesus? <laughs> she goes and she says, I have seen the Lord. I have seen the Lord, she told them. And she gave them his message. She tells them, he's your father. She tells them, he's your God. That's our message. True awareness of the resurrected one will always compel us to go. True awareness of the resurrected one will always compel us to go. You, I would challenge you 
That if you have an awareness of his presence and are not talking to people about his goodness, there's something wrong. There's something missing. There needs to be, we need to spell the gospel properly. It starts with G-O. That's how you spell gospel. It's go. It's go spell it out for all creation to know that he is good. That he is worthy, that he is risen, that he is alive, that he is resurrected forever, seated at the right hand of God. That is our message. That is who we are. That is what we're called to do. To say to people, God is not mad at you. He is madly in love with you. My God thinks you're to die for. Even more than that, he rose from the grave. And he wants to give you righteousness. He wants to give you peace. He wants to give you joy. He wants to give you the kingdom right now. Do you want the gift of righteousness? Do you want the gift of peace? Do you want the gift of joy? Come on. Everyone is not called to be an evangelist, but everyone is called to share the good news. You're called to offer people peace. You're called to offer people joy. You're called to offer people right standing with God. And today, if you've heard him say anything to you, I pray your heart will be compelled to go. And we're here to equip and mature you in love so that you can do that. And as soon as we log off here, we have a very simple way. If you've never witnessed, if you've never said Jesus is alive to anyone, we're going to leverage technology. We've already posted it on our Facebook timeline. We've just made three simple graphics. And you might think this is just simple. Some people have never shared any message of the resurrection. And we're just going to give you we're going to take your excuses away right now. <laughs> All you have to do is go download one of the graphics. It says, he is risen. He is alive. There's three of them. Pick the one you like. Download it yourself. And don't share it from our page. You share it from your page. Post it on your timeline as a prophetic first step. Or maybe as a continuation of you sharing the message of his, his life in you. Of his resurrected life. It's very simple. And let that be the first fruits of a life that's compelled to go because it's encountered the risen one. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from The Resting Place Tampa. We exist for the lost to be found, the found to be free, and peace to reign in our city. For more great resources like this, check out theRestingPlaceTampa.com.